When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Then tears of joy stream down my face. Oh no. Says, uh, you guys are wow. wrong for playing that damn song as I'm walking into a four-hour meeting. I'll have Ty. that crappy-ass song in my head all day now. <laughs> Ty Henderson, blame him, but his Rangers won the game. Yeah, we got to give uh, the Rangers their props, man. Right now, they're just playing like the best team in Major League Baseball in the postseason. Unbelievable. They mean they're not, they're, they're, you know, they're beatable, but right now they're playing uh, probably their best baseball, some of their best baseball of the season. This is when you want to be on your A game, and they're definitely on their A game. So, Pretty Astro, amazing. Astros better be on theirs because if they go down 0-2 in this series, I'm gonna honestly, I think I might purchase the Lucha Libre mask. I might just go ahead and buy it. Don't do it. Well, I want you to because then you could jinx it. But um, you got to jinx. Well, maybe I can return it. Jeff Bezos, let me return it. Now, typically, you know? the uh, the old adage in baseball, or really in any <laughs> any seven game series, it's not a series until a road team wins a game, and the Astros. I mean, the Rangers won last night, so our road team has won yeah, a game. They just took the home field. But game. the Astros are the worst home team ever to make the playoffs. Right? Is that true? They're, like, ever? I think, I think they're the worst of, the worst of, of a division champ. Wow. You know, one, oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because they, they got losing record yeah. as a division champ. That's, and and yeah. after even in the playoffs, they're 1-2, and two, which makes them 40-44 and 44 <laughs> in uh, you know, their 84 home games this year, mm. which is bizarre. I mean... Um, it is, but at the same time, they're you know twenty twenty plus games over five hundred on the road. Obviously, to, if the Rangers were to win today, then the Astros would have to win four out of five games yeah. to close out the series or mm. even and to advance. And so, yeah, this is a must win game. Um, but the Astros are showing the ability to win on the road. So if they can win today, exactly. if you're an Astro fan, you feel okay. If you lose today, panic time and maybe yeah. go buy the mask. I totally agree with you. There's no panic if they they win today. We're all good. They they go down 0-2. And it's going to need good Framber Valdez because Framber, <laughs> it's so weird how Framber Valdez, you know, remember he set the record. He had 25 consecutive quality starts. 25. Like nothing more consistent than that. That's just mm. like, you know, the best. Well, now he's like Mr. Feast or Famine. He's either really good and throwing a no hitter yeah. and dominant or he's bad. So, uh, you, you know, you'll know pretty quick because Framber usually, if he gets through that first inning, uh, first time, then, of course, you're talking about Simeon and Seeger and the best hitters, some of the best hitters in baseball. If he can navigate the first inning, then he, you know, watch out because he gets good. But, if, you know, the Rangers are going to try to knock him off early. Should you have a plan in case he has a yeah, they subpar will. performance? Guaranteed. Okay. No, this that time of year. This yeah. is a must-win game. All, yeah, it's all hands on deck kind of thing. And, and because of the extra time you'll have off because of off days, you, you yes, you will. This okay. will be a full staff day. I all mean, right. there'll be guys ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if Framber can – you know, I'm assuming Martin Maldonado will be behind the plate, even though Astro fans want to see Yiner Diaz. But uh, huge game, and, and props to the Rangers, as we said. I mean, just uh, I mean, you know, we talk about how emotional the, the series is going to be, and there is emotion in a rivalry. Mm-hmm. But much like we saw Oklahoma last week in the rivalry game, how do you trump emotion? Execute. 
executed right, at a right. really high level. Yeah, that's, that's why pitching took the crowd out of it for the yeah. Astros. Like, it's like, well, what am I cheering for? Yeah, they, <laughs> just, like, they just executed. <laughs> I mean, they just they didn't do anything spectacular. But as I've said all morning, Evan Carter, for a 20-year-old kid to realize that that out of the box on a, on a not a super hard hit ball to the right side, it, it, Jose Abreu glanced the glove. They hit, hit off his glove, so it slowed it down. So he came busting out of the box and turned that into a double when it should have just been a might have been a play Jose Abreu probably thinks he should have made. Instead, you're on second base, and then Jonah Heim with a hit, mm. and now it's one nothing uh, in the first game. That's just that's just good baseball. That's just great base running. Uh, their defense was outstanding. Uh, took advantage of you know Jose Jose Altuve's blunder on the base paths, which he needs to know better than that. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's what you do. And Leota Tavares took advantage of one of the few mistakes Justin Verlander made and hammered it for a no doubt about it home run. And he's your nine hole hitter. He's your nine hole. Yeah. So. It was just a really well-played game, uh, and I thought executed by the pitching. I mean, the Astros didn't have a hit after the fourth inning, Rob. That's wild, man. I mean, they, they loaded the bases in that fourth inning Shut with three down. straight singles, and that was it. They didn't have another hit. They had a walk, a couple squawks, and they're closing out two bays, but that's just a high level. They pitched better than the Astros, played defense, and ran the bases better than Houston without a doubt, and uh, took game one. No, the Rangers have only trailed at the end of one inning uh, all, all postseason. Yeah. Like that's that's it. So they, like I said, they can't. They come into this series playing their best baseball, and I don't know if we got their best baseball on Monday or well, so on Sunday. Well, and I like I love Justin Verlander. Got great pitching and defense. I love Verlander's quote too. He said somebody asked him after the game, "Are you concerned? Level of concern?" He says, "We've been here before, and we've overcome it. <laughs> well, no, we they have the confidence and the swagger just to shake that off and go on to the next game. That's kind of one of the." The strongest mindset. Yeah, he, can, he can't do anything about it now. He already took that L. Like well, he does well but he'll still be some. That's fair. You know, he, yeah. he'll support his guys, and he he'll hope to get another start. He'll hope to get another start. That's no, not going to happen. By the way, his, <laughs> hey, you're wrong about Verlander. He's been a great postseason pitcher. He hasn't been a great World Series pitcher. This is not the World Series. He's well, been a really good postseason pitcher. Won't have to worry about that this year. Ty's getting cocky. Ty's getting cocky. It's just one game. I'm gonna shut up because I right now I'm not feeling very confident. So I'm gonna be quiet. Today is about the I think it's probably it's eight to one Rangers. What? Wow! You think Rangers gonna win tonight? Eight to one. This is the butt whooping to the game. Damn! So the Astros no show. You won't even be watching the Cowboys. You don't even watch the Cowboys game. Um, I might pop it on after to celebrate. So you say Astros? You are gonna predict Astros no show at home in a must win game? Now I feel better. I feel better early. Early time. Ooh, if, they, if, if that's the case, then yeah, then it was mismanaged by uh, by Dusty somehow, and then Framber had a meltdown early. He can do that, but at the same time, he work. can be lock solid too. And throw, if he starts rolling ground balls, uh, watch out. And yeah, you, uh, you need Alex Bregman to have field a lot of grounders. That'll tell you Framber's in a good place. Hey, uh, real quick, Rod, good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. So that was good. Yes, Rangers sir. excellent. Astros weren't terrible. They just you know made a couple of mistakes, and the Rangers capitalized and pounced on top of them. Uh, also on the good, bad, and ugly. How about this from the NFL, Rod? We mentioned the Cleveland Browns who beat New Orleans or beat San Francisco yesterday. Mm-hmm. In five games this year, have only allowed a thousand and three yards. That's amazing, unbelievable. That's I mean, amazing. that's two hundred yards a game. But think about this: the Miami Dolphins, who scored forty-two yesterday, have gained three thousand and thirty-four yards already this year. Yeah, think about that. And they they're averaging now after the game with the uh, Panthers, where they fell behind fourteen to nothing, and then just boat raced them with Tua. Mm-hmm. They are averaging now, Rod, in passing yards, 9.7 yards per play yes, when they throw the football. Yeah, that makes no damn sense. That's dumb, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that dumb? It, it really is, man. But they they have so many 
like cheat codes offensively they're using. They're averaging a first down every pass attempt. Yeah. Per compl- I mean, that- Mike McDaniels has he has catapulted himself into like the top three to five best play calls in the NFL after his first year. And they're already. averaging six point five yards per carry rushing. So you, you have together, Rod, they're averaging eight yards a play. Yeah, man. No, That's they're, stupid. They're hard to stop. I mean, come on. I mean, there's the greatest show on turf, which is, I mean, the best offenses I've ever seen, Rod. And mm-hmm. you own it, you'd add yours. The the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner. Remember, he came in for Trent Dilfer or Trent Green. Trent Green got hurt. Kurt Warner, this kid out of the uh, Arena mm-hmm. League, shows up. Got Marshall Falk on You got there Marshall Falk. You got Isaac Bruce, Isaac Tory Bruce, Holt. Tory Holt, yep. Loaded. Uh, the 08 the, the New England Patriots with Tom Brady at his peak with Randy Moss. And uh, Julian Edelman. Oh, seven. Was it 07? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones that went, yeah. went 18 and 0. Yep. That's that's as good an offense I've ever seen. It mm-hmm. is. I remember that one. That was legit. Oh. Yeah. Um, that, but Peyton Manning had one. Peyton Manning did with Marvin Harrison. Uh, Peyton Manning had two, James. actually, because he had another one in Denver. Remember, that one in Denver was pro- pretty prolific, too. It's like first or second year in Denver. He set yep. some records with that one. Julius Thomas. Yeah. Well, yeah. Demarius. It was, no, Demarius Thomas. Was that it? The tight, the tight end too. What was his name? You're right. It was a tight end. You're it was right. Thomas. Yes. It and then they had who was the smaller receiver? Was it Sanders? Ooh. Yeah. My my, my CTE is kicking in. But Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning had one of those in Denver too, where it was a really prolific. Well, though, I as a Houston Texans mm. fan, I remember the ones when it was Marvin Harrison and yeah, um, no, no, he had he Reggie had Wayne, one with the Colts too. He had one with the Colts. Reggie I think Wayne and yeah. Edrin James. Ooh, I mean, they Marvin were Harrison. Yeah, they were loaded. Dallas Clark. Dallas yeah. Clark, oh Dallas my gosh, Clark another one of those Iowa tight ends. I mean, geez, Louise. Um, yeah. So uh, the '98 Broncos, I remember watching them closely. I mean, they were unstoppable. I, my good friend Dan Neal, former Longhorn, lifetime Longhorn, would tell you that's they felt like they couldn't be stopped. The only thing that could stop the Denver Broncos in '98 when they had John Elway handing to Terrell Davis, Ooh. Shannon Sharp at tight end, uh, Ed, McCaffrey? Ed, Ed McCaffrey, McCaffrey, and Rod Smith, Rod Smith, great yeah. offensive line anchored by Dan Neal and Mark Schlereth. You couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop them. I mean, they, and they almost went perfect that year. That year also featured a team that should have made a Super Bowl but didn't. Rod, that was the uh, the Minnesota Vikings that went fifteen yes, and one. Yes, the Dante because the Dante Culpepper. It was Randall Cunningham, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, maybe Randall Cunningham back then. And, and it was Chris Carter and uh, Randy Moss, Robert Robert John, Smith, Robert Smith. Yeah. Oh man. So we'll take you. But this this the my it's only you know six weeks into the season, <laughs> but the Miami Dolphins are putting themselves into that category. They really are. They're just. Now they're gonna have to go win. I mean, but the their their defense has improved with Vic Vic Fangio, but man, this the the overall team speed is just you know again they they the Buffalo did hold them to twenty points, and that's probably the best defense they played to this point, and they'll see good teams. But man, I love watching the Miami offense. It is so dang efficient, so explosive, and with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, even about Devin Achan. Uh, uh, he was out. It was Raheem Mostert that ran for 121 mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns. Just had a huge game. They're fun. They're really good. They're they're averaging 103 more yards per game than the second highest ranked total offense. Oh. They're 103 yards better than the second ranked uh, total offense in the NFL. That is the widest gap in history, of course. But that they yeah they they're they're cartoonish right now. Some of the stats they're putting up. They are. I mean, it's just. Because then you watch these other games where the first downs are a struggle for a lot of teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, really? Like Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Washington can't protect the quarterback. Yeah. And they come out and they're just gangbusters. Yeah. Even without weapons, right? They they had, they scored that 70-point game without Jalen Waddle. 
They right? did. You're that was right like about one that. of their best weapons, and they did that without him. They they really can, man. They can hit you on so many levels. They're just explosive. I'm, we, we might not have ever seen anything like it this early in the season because all those other ones, they kind of round into form a little bit later. This one that started out gangbusters from the jump. Yeah, that 98 Vikings team, Rod, had Randall Cunningham through 34 touchdowns that year, 3,700 passing yards, only 10 picks. Chris Carter <laughs> and Randy Moss were over 1,000. That was a great team. That, that was a really great team. Great team. Um, I would also put, you know, the um, the Chiefs' offense of 2018 too. When when Patrick Mahomes first burst on the scene and he had Tyree Kill, you know, in his full glory with with, um, you know, in his peak, Travis Kelsey. That team was really really good uh, offensively. They're number one. Uh, yeah, the Patriots of 07, 411 yards per game, uh, thirty six, almost thirty seven points per mm-hmm. game. Rod. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Maroney was a running back, but their problem was Randy Moss had 1,500 yards. They could, you could, you had you had the underneath passes, you had the yep. Gronk at tight end, you had Randy Moss over the top. They were incredible, Unbelievable. And then the 99 greatest show on turf, they averaged 32, almost 33 yards per game. That was that was Kurt Warner. And then uh, there, there's your team, Rod, the 2013 Denver Broncos. Yeah, they were pretty good that year. 38 points per game. Yep. With Peyton Manning throwing to a pair of 1,200-yard receivers and Eric Decker and Demarius, the now late Demarius Thomas. Uh, Wes Welker was on that team. Julius Thomas at tight end. Uh, so, yeah, Drew Bree, or Peyton Manning that year. And they probably. lost that year. Who did they lose to, Seattle? Who did they lose to? Yeah, I think they lost to Seattle in the Super Bowl, didn't was they? Was that that ugly Super Bowl where they got blown out? Yes. Ugh. In New Jersey? Yes. It was the number one D versus the number one O. I remember I got a lot of food for that Super Bowl, <laughs> and it was over within like the first five minutes. I had we had chili, Legion of Boom. Oh man, we had chili, we had wings. I had a, I had grilled some steaks. Oh, we had a bunch of food, and I was like, "It's gonna be a great matchup." And I want to say that's like a safety, really like a safety early on, like a like a, a turnover for a touchdown early on. Man, the game was over within they the lost first forty three to eight. It, to it the was Legion over within like boom. the first five seven, seven minutes though. It, it was like, oh yeah, it was over. Oh, and I was so upset. Yeah, you didn't even want to wait for the halftime show. You're like, oh, I know. And I, I was waiting. I was like, I'm not going to eat the food till like, you know, the game gets real good. Nope. Should have ate that damn food from the jump. It was terrible. And that's crazy. That, that tells you how good that Legion of Boom, coached by Dan Quinn, by the way, that yeah, defense. Yeah, you're right. They scored 606 <laughs> points that year, the Broncos. 606. Yeah. Peyton Manning threw for over 5,000 yards um, and you know, 50 touchdowns. Crazy. Legion of Boom made them look bad. They didn't look average. That well, Legion of Boom well, defense was in a league nasty. where offense is, is struggling right now, even a team like Philadelphia, whose offense was so good last year, I don't say they've been figured out, but they've been slowed down, right? I mean, I mean the they, Jets lost, they, the lost their, they lost their coordinators. People don't talk enough about that with Shane Steichen. They yeah. lost both of them. And their DC, Jonathan Gannon's in Arizona now. Mm -hmm. They, um, but yeah, I mean, and this, you know, right now, Tua would probably be your MVP. MVP. Um, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. E. I mean, he got a lot of football, and he's got to stay healthy. I mean, it's still the caveat with him because we saw a lot of injuries again yesterday. You're right, but I I will say that if he's, I said before the season, if he stays healthy. He's the best quarterback in that division, and it's not even close. You did, yeah. And I think he's proven it now. Like, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, he might be, like you said, in the in the conversation, be the best quarterback in the league if he well, stays Josh healthy. Josh Allen's playing pretty well, too, and they won again last night. But, yeah, yeah Tua, first in passing yards. Yeah, I mean, he's unbelievable. Part yards per attempt, as we said, nine and a half <laughs> yards per attempt. Unbelievable. Passer rating of 114. Uh, he's got 20 completions of 13, 13 or more. 20, 20, 13, 20 or more yard completions. So, wow. pushing it down the field. 
Uh, yeah, it's not Dink and Dunkin'. Uh, yeah, how about percentage of passes past the first down marker? 48.7. He ain't Dink and Dunkin', man. <laughs> no, yeah. this is not Johnny Dumpoff, Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. Texas Coast. This is not check down Charlie here. He's making it happen. I, it, and also he has so many weapons, too. Well, wow. yeah, look, it's, it's, it's weaponry. And it's your offensive play call as a genius. Yes, it, he is. It, they've, got, they've got kind of the total package, pretty much. And I, I, we've gotten this far talking about great offenses. I can't believe we haven't mentioned the uh, – the Bill Walsh-led Joe Montana. Uh, well, which, which offenses were better, the Joe Montana 80s or the Steve, Steve Young, Young 90s? Yeah. Because they still ex- had Jerry Rice. They did. Was like, <laughs> and I don't know, at that time, Bill Walsh went to the front office, right? He's like yeah. Seifert's coach. Seifert's yeah. coaching that group. That's a good, yeah, we definitely should have mentioned it. But I will say that, I mean, that's Steve, the Steve Young one, ooh, those were nasty. Because I, I know you got the West Coast offense when it first starts, and people don't even know how to really game plan or defend it. So that's probably why the original Bill Walsh West Coast offense had an advantage and probably scored more points. If you look at, I'm not sure I haven't looked at the research, but man, Steve Young, one of the first. Because Steve Young also brought the run. Yes, you know I'm saying the first true Legs. kind of dual threat quarterbacks in NFL history um, in the modern era. I know back in the day everybody pretty much ran. But talking about the modern era, he was the first dual threat quarterback to win a Super Bowl in the modern era. That actually, you know, was in my definition of a dual threat quarterback. So, yeah, I, I think Steve Young probably would have been tougher to defend. Remember, his stats were unbelievable. Oh, and remember they beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl like 50 oh, to whatever. Got the monkey off his back. Well, and for Cowboys fans, we should mention the, the early 90s Cowboys. I mean, that as far as unstoppable offenses go, Ty wasn't born yet, but man, Troy Aikman handed Emmett Smith behind the best offensive line in football. With Michael Irvin and uh, Jay Novacek at tight end. I and mean, those teams were great. I mean, those teams were literally unstoppable. And not just the best offensive line. It was the biggest offensive line in the history of the NFL at the time. People don't talk about that enough. That was something intentional and deliberate by Jimmy Johnson. He wanted the biggest O-line the NFL had ever seen, and it was. And the NFL took damn near a decade. Yeah. To catch up. It took the NFL a while. Remember, an offensive lineman were not that big. Not all of them, like the Cowboys were doing. You had the Hogs back in there, but not every offensive line was built like that. Jimmy Johnson came and basically made the Cowboys offensive line the most gargantuan in the history of the NFL. And then after that, there was a shift where everybody's O-line was big. That was just kind of the the base level O-line. You Everybody was big and mammoth, and it wasn't something that was unique anymore. Yeah, he changed it. And, yeah. look, he's on record, Jimmy Johnson, talking about how he was – he he had built this team, and then of course Jerry Jones started trying to take credit for it, and that's what led to the acrimony between the two. The oh, egos yeah, clashed. Yep. Yeah. And Jimmy Johnson to this day will tell you he's bitter that he didn't get to keep coaching it. Like he he could have stayed. He just didn't want to put up with Jerry anymore, and put up with um, he didn't want to give him credit because he didn't do anything. He should have. Man. <laughs> I know he should have. He could have won two more. At least at least at least two more, man. The, to me, that's why Barry got one of. Them. That's one of the the, the the worst sports divorces because oh. had Jimmy one of them been able to to handle it uh, and just keep keep it rolling because you knew it would deteriorate under Barry Switzer and it did because mm. uh, Jerry would Jimmy would have just kept bringing in the talent and they would have stayed good right he would have kept them on edge and I Troy that. Aikman has talked about how he had to become the police right because Barry Switzer. He brought no discipline to the team. So he had to go from being – because it used to be Jimmy Johnson who would insert the discipline, right? He was the, the heavy. And Troy could be the good guy, right? He could be the, the good team. Room. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. loves Troy. Good cop, bad cop. But then when, when Barry came in, J- Troy had to flip and become the bad guy. He's bad cop. And because you know, players were coming in hungover to the games and practices and uh, Barry mm-hmm. wasn't doing anything about it. And that's when it started to slide. That wouldn't have happened under Jimmy Johnson. And he would have kept bringing in good players. But, you know, we know it. the other big divorce that jumps to mind is Shaq and Kobe, right? 
How many championships yeah. could Shaq and Kobe have won together had they not they had could the, have, had but the breakup? Kobe could not. Kobe's uh, DNA as a, as an athlete and a competitor wouldn't allow him to let Shaq. Uh, come in out of shape Coast. and not basically yes, and not have the commitment to the cause that he did. It just bothered him too much to to go in every day and practice and Shaq not be there putting in the work and him knowing Shaq's potential. It would have never worked because it, it it bothered Kobe too much. He was just aggravated and agitated by it constantly. And the same thing you just brought up about Jimmy Johnson. Remember, Jimmy Johnson was also he was the lion tamer, right? He was you know he was the 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 ringleader of the Barnum and Bailey Circus pretty much because all those guys that were elite talent, but he brought in some really volatile personalities. I'm extremely volatile, but he actually had the ability to keep them in line, to make sure there was a hierarchy and all this kind of stuff. And then when Jimmy Johnson left, there was no plan on how to you know make sure that the Cowboys' volatile personalities didn't completely implode the team, which they did. Um, but he was the key there. He didn't mind bringing a guy who was risky. Uh, kind of a risky off-field, off-the-field uh, personality if they were going to give him the productivity on the field. But that blew up once Jimmy was gone. They couldn't keep sure. the culture together. He was the key to that culture. He was. Yeah. He was. Uh, and Cowboy fans forever, you know, you've had to deal with the fallout 25 years later. And they'll play tonight on mm-hmm. Monday Night Football with uh, Mike McCarthy and the Tex Coast offense against the defense. They should, we say should, mm be finally able to break through against. And Jerry's going to cry if they lose. He's going to cry. Worst pass defense in the league. He's going to cry if they lose, I guarantee you. <laughs> I'm serious. Because he lo- do you know how close he is to Kellen Moore, right? It, it, he's really close to Kellen Moore. Him and Kellen Moore are close. He, Jerry, he, the last time, he's cried like four or five times after losing a game. He's admitted this. One of them was when the Texans beat him in their inaugural season. That's right. Because that was really close to him. He cries when it's a, 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 a loss. It's that, personal. Yeah, exactly. Right. There was a deep connection to that team or that circumstance. He lost when the 49ers beat him with Dion. Right, and he went away to us that cried and went and got Dion. All right, he, he. I'm telling you, this is one of those losses. If he loses this game, he's gonna cry and then he's gonna do something drastic. He's gonna make an emotional. He do. He always cries and it makes a really emotional decision after he cries. I'm gonna go back and track all the time Jerry cried after a loss and what he did. This is one of them games. If you don't win, he's gonna cry and then somebody's gonna get fired or in trouble. All right, to wrap up our uh, football conversation after six Mm -hmm. weeks and uh, get back with Rod behind the burnt orange curtain talking Texas football coming out of the bye week, Uh, we mentioned the Dolphins' offense. The Browns' defense, Rod, has allowed 52 first downs all year. 52. It's week six. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so after what they did to the Niners yesterday, and yes, the Niners lost Debo and Christian McCaffrey to injury, but keep an eye on the three and two Browns. I know Ty was high on them when the season began they're, they're down to their third quarterback, yet they're still over 500 and playing defense at a higher level than anybody in the NFL right now. 52 total first downs in five games. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Allowing right at 200 yards per game. Dolphins on offense, Browns on defense, two of the stories of the NFL. Cowboys, will Jerry Jones cry <laughs> is now a storyline we'll be following tonight. Coming mm-hmm. back behind the BOC, plus before the end of the hour, the What's Poppin' Picks of the Night, including Ty's Sex Panther pick of this evening. There's plenty to choose from. It's Hook'em Up on Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. What is popping before the top of the hour? Including what you see what they did at the University of Iowa over the weekend, Rod? 
Oh, yeah, that was cool, right? The uh, basketball, the women's basketball team? Yeah, on the football field. Yep. And the best, one of the best female players went out and scored more points than the Iowa football team ever scores. Pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we'll that's, tell you about that. That's pretty cool. And what's popping. And look at this what's video popping? right here, Rod, before we go behind the burn orange curtain. I've seen this video. Are you talking about, are you talking about, the, are you talking about the Aaron Rodgers one? Yeah, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. I thought you were talking about the kangaroo video. I'm watching Aaron Rodgers <laughs> here. About the video. Here's a video from MetLife Stadium. So Aaron Rodgers, five weeks since having his Achilles repaired and ruptured and then repaired. He's standing on the field in tennis shoes just flinging footballs around. Like he's not, I mean, he can't run, I don't think, but it doesn't look like he's limping. No, he looks pretty good. What is that? It's modern technology. Yeah, that new age surgery. Right? Yeah, this guy's modern. Yeah. Things how modern technology. Well, watching that. Well, look, and you 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 played in the NFL, and so you know how injuries can debilitate. Same time, mm-hmm. I mean, the Achilles is usually seen as one of the worst injuries you can suffer, right? As a player and an athlete. I'm not saying he's coming back immediately, but he looks pretty damn good for five weeks ago. Yeah, it looks good, pretty good. I'm with you on that. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think he'll be back this year, but I think maybe this affects the Jets. Plans for next season. If I'm Robert I Sala, think when I'm watching bring... my defense, I'm like, get that guy out there. No, I think you should. <laughs> you should. You should now because he's going to re-injure it, and then he's done for the rest of his career. Uh, I think you'd bring him back out there next year, but you still need to draft a quarterback, and you still should bring in another free agent quarterback this year. You should. You can never have too many quarterbacks, man. I think we're seeing that at every level. You can never have too many. So, because the Jets could be a playoff team potentially, if they had the right quarterback. Yeah, well, for sure, they're three and three without a quarterback right now. Hey, what about Zach? Wilson. Well, I mean, okay, without a okay, they have a quarterback, but he's kind of a liability at the position. <laughs> without a competent quarterback, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a and, good one. And they just made this episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I mean, it's still amazing what the Cowboys did to them. The Cowboys just demoralized them, but that was like coming off of the injury, and it was, I think mm-hmm. there was still some shell shock to the organization. I think so. They've kind of weathered it better, and I'm not saying no, no, not credit to the Cowboys, but the Jets have improved and kind of figured out their, their place here since then. But, um, you know, they just made Jalen Hurts look silly. I mean, silly. They, Josh silly. Allen t- gave the game to them with yep. four turnovers. The, the Eagles had four yesterday, including three really bad Jalen Hurts interceptions. So, I mean, they're they're making good quarterbacks look bad uh, on a couple of occasions now to get to three and three. So, we'll keep an eye on Aaron Rodgers if he can uh, muster it. No, it's remarkable. That he's, uh, he looks real good, though. I mean, he looks good. He does look and good. And at least it shows you that he wants to play again. Remember, that was talking like, is he going to play again? He's like, uh, at least he, he wants to play again. He's not going to let his career end like that, which is good. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. And he's looking for an on-air debate with Travis Kelsey. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pfizer. Mr. Pfizer. Mr. Pfizer. Oh, that's too much. Oh, I love it. Um. Oh, okay. Why did you didn't uh, mention the kangaroo video, man? The kangaroo video is going viral. Oh, the bar stool had a. Can- can- it's a video of a a kangaroo that has essentially captured a guy's dog. And you remember this old viral video back in the day that uh, the guy who went to rescue his dog after a kangaroo capture and then started boxing the, the kangaroo? Yeah. And then it went viral? This guy basically starts boxing the kangaroo. And why are kangaroos so swole? What is going on with kangaroos? Why do they look so swole? 
They're like deer on steroids. Like, what is going on with kangaroos? They got some uh, HGH going on, right? And then, like, he like captured, he like half the dog, and the dog won't even fight. They're very strong. The dog just gave up. I was like, man, I'm giving up because I'm probably want to mess with animal strength, man. Man, I'm telling you, would you box a kangaroo for your dog? No, for your dog, my dog, for my dog. You would have to. You gonna let your dog just get kidnapped by a kangaroo? Now I'd have to go in there. I'd have to box that kangaroo for my dog, man. I would. You would. My dogs. They probably. I think they could. If if it was a two on one situation, I think they could. They could take him. Yeah, mm. they they destroyed kangaroos are pretty this weekend. They're, they're well, that's an opossum. That's not a kangaroo. Kangaroo, a big kangaroo, man, you are in trouble. It's big dogs, <laughs> and you know what? You know what you don't want them to do because their legs are so strong. They'll oh, jump yeah. up and kick you. Oh yeah, they like lean on their tail back and pow. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. They I can mean, mess you up, man. That's some power coming at you right there. That's like the. It always reminds me of the old Boo Weekly. Remember the golfer that did bet his buddies that he could go in with an orangutan. <laughs> That is a great story. That is a great story. That's an awesome story. Yeah, well, he he had 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 a few libations, (laughs) and it was like this thing at a circus or carnival. Like, hey, you'll win fifty bucks if you can last a whatever and with a with an anger. Oh man! And he got knocked the blank out. Oh my god! He said the next thing he remembers, he woke up (laughs) on the ground. That is so great. It was at like a fair, right? Like yeah, a, yeah. Like, a, a, like this a guy state goes fair or something. Yeah, so whoever it is who owns the orangutan, <laughs> we like go show to show, right? Go to carnival to carnival or oh, state fair man. and make money knocking That's, people out. That is so cool. Uh, That's a great story. But man. I think yeah, you're right about the dog. You'd have to jump in. Yeah, jump you in. Stole your dog. Catch your dog. Get this was in Australia. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it was. Yeah, I saw that's what these videos are coming out of. But hey, thank God we have to deal with those those things over here. I'm happy for it. All right, let's uh, let's go behind the BOC. Longhorns didn't play this weekend, but there was plenty of college football, certainly around the Big 12, and the Longhorns were watching. Let's get to it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Okay, before we get to Texas football stuff here, I did, I found the research. So Jerry Jones has cried three times that he's willing to <laughs> admit. Times. Willing to admit in his life he's cried three times over a football game. All right, and the three times were the versus San Fran NFC title game before the 1994 season. And after they lost that game, Jerry cried and went to sign Deion Sanders. All right. In 2002 versus the Texans, their inaugural season, Jerry Jones cried after they lost because he thought we're the best team in Texas. We're the football team of Texas. He cried. And I believe he went out and hired Bill Parcells after that. Did he not? Was that after 07? Uh, Parcells was before 07. It was before 07. He admitted once in a drunken stupor that he hired Bill Parcells to get the stadium built. Yeah, okay, to get the stadium built. Because he needed needed a new stadium, so he had to give up some of the control to Bill Parcells, who helped him get the stadium built. Uh, But 07, they lost to the Texans, though. That was was 03, right? They lost Uh, to the Cowboys, lost to the Texans. That was 02. That was their inaugural season. Yeah, 2002. And what was 07? That was their inaugural season uh, where he lost them. Actually, the coaching 02 was Dave Campo. Oh yes. So I'm, I'm right. He went out and hired Bill Parcells next year. You're right. So about that. so so I'm saying it. He, he he cries and he and as he most they always tell you when you if you, if you are making a really big decision, don't do it after a a trauma. Don't do it after only you know emotionally. Don't do it after something bad happens. You want to think things through pragmatically and rationally, and then make your decision with a more you know level head, a more informed yeah. decision. Well, Jerry doesn't do that. All right, so when you make Jerry Jones cry over football, he's going to do something rash and hasty. And like I said, after 02, Texas made him cry. He hired Bill Parcells. After 94, uh, San Fran made him cry. He went out and signed Dion. He's like, we lost because of that guy. I'm signing that guy. In 07, lost to the Giants. Um, he said he cried because of that one. That's when they get rid of Terrell Owens. 
That was the transition. We get moving on from Terrell Owens. Remember they went out and trade for Roy Williams. Yeah, I do remember that. All right. There will be any you make Jerry Jones cry. You beat him so bad you make him cry. There will be an emotional reaction. He loves Kelly Moore. Loves him like a son, as a matter of fact. If Kelly Moore puts a whipping on Jerry Jones and beats him on Monday Night Football on National TV, he's gonna cry. And if he cries, he's gonna do something emotional. That's the history. Throwing it out there. That's, there that's that's a good walk down memory because you're right about that. They lost to the Texans nineteen to ten. Dave Campo was the puppet yeah. puppet head coach. Exactly. And then, look, that again, I covered all <laughs> mm-hmm. those teams. You were in the league at the time, playing in the NFL. The, I mean, the Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson divorce that happened in uh, 94, 95, right in the mid mid nineties. It was ninety three was the last. So yeah, right in that all right season. That yeah, yeah. And Switzer comes in. Switzer won the Super Bowl. But then Switzer was out, and it just became a series of puppet coaches, right? And and Jerry Jones was trying to be Jimmy Johnson, which he wasn't. And it got to two, got so bad that they went uh, five and eleven that year, lost to Houston, and as mm-hmm. you said, Jerry cried. And then he <laughs> and they were still playing at Texas Stadium at the time, and that's yeah. and he was trying to get the ballot measure to get the stadium mm-hmm. built, and he realized. You know, I'm, I'll never get the stadium if I keep hiring Dave these, Campo. These puppet coaches, everybody yeah. keeps mocking me behind my back. So yeah. he went out and hired Bill Parcells. Yeah, but I went, oh, now he's for real. Yeah. He's I, got another Jimmy Johnson. And Bill Parcells came in and did a really good job of improving the roster. Did a great and, job. And, you know, he drafted Terrence Newman and Jason Witten in his first draft. Had Sean Payton there with him. Brady James Some was there. Coaches. Yeah, I mean, and, and just started yeah. adding talent. And then they, those two soured because Bill Parcells, you know, was getting older, for one, but... It got the stadium built, Rod. Yeah, and Bill Parcells got tired of Jerry Jones's BS too, which everyone will, because <laughs> yeah. he's a football guy. Football guys don't like to deal with Jerry Jones's BS because Jerry Jones wants, like you said, to pretend he's the football yeah, guy. He's going to always do radio interviews and undercut the coach's authority, and everybody knows who yeah. the real boss is, and that's always going to wear on a guy like Bill Parcells who wants to do it his way and he mm-hmm. wants to be the final say. Yeah. I mean, exactly just like right. he wants to be the man in charge, and that's just the way it works. And you, about, yeah. Bill Parcells earned that. You want me to cook the meal? I got to buy the groceries. Well, and, and, see it. and that's why do you think Jason Garrett was a coach for ten years? No one's hired Jason Garrett since, right, to be head coach. Nah, Jerry yeah. kept him for a decade. Yeah, yes man, because he was a yes man. <laughs> yes man, and, and, and Jerry <laughs> sold it as he was kind of the cross between. Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. He was kind of he knew both of those. He's from the, both of their trees, kind of thing. Oh, no. It's like, yeah, not really, not really. <laughs> well, now he's got Mike Mike McCarthy, and what is Mike McCarthy's? I heard bells. Remember that? Because yeah, McCarthy's no, no. the same way. He doesn't want any say in person now. I just want to coach the team. I just want. You're right. He is that guy. I just want to coach the team. I just yeah. want to coach the team. I just want to coach the team. Perfect. Dan Quinn ain't one of them. I just want to coach the team guys. Dan Quinn wants to bring in his guys. You've seen that on defense alone. Yeah, and Jerry's so. listening to him though. Yes, yes, he likes Dan Quinn. Yeah. Might likes Dan Quinn more. He likes Mike McCarthy. But just let you know, if Kelly Moore embarrasses the Cowboys on national TV, you think he cries tonight? I think he'll cry. And I'm telling you, if he cries, something bad's gonna happen to somebody on that 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 coaching staff, probably. Uh, anyway, okay, let's get to uh, Longhorns really quickly while I got some time. So Longhorns play U of H. We'll be breaking down this matchup, of course, for the rest of the week. Sark will meet the media at eleven. So yes, we'll, get we'll some have some injury Sark updates. audio. And yes, that's the, that's even more important because we got to find out what's going on with Jake Majors, how long he's going to be out. Ryan Watts update. We'll get that. But basically, what I think this Texas U of H game is going to come down to, especially based on the line that's come out, and uh, he said that Vegas wise guys have the line like twenty and a half, something like that, close to twenty one points as Texas as the favorite. This game is going to either be a blowout or a shootout. If it's a shootout, that's bad for Texas because shootout means this is exactly the way U of H wants the game to go. That's the only prayer they have of winning this game is it becoming a shootout. Uh, it could easily become a blowout. Here's why. Not because Texas is 
just that much better than U of H. I think they are better. Um, but U of H's defense is bad. It is one of the worst defenses in the country. And I'm not making up. That's not hyperbole. They are 107th in scoring defense, last in the Big 12, 117th in pass defense, last in the Big 12, 99th in rush defense, uh, 12th in the Big 12, so not as bad. Uh, and even total defense, I think you put out the number, they're either like 114th or something like that. Total defense, yeah. Yeah, they're bad. They're, they, Texas should not be limited uh, in their, what they're going to do versus U of H. Uh, but U of H wants to turn it into a shootout because I think with Donovan Smith, the quarterback there, maybe transferred from Tech, I think they can score. Now, can they score on Texas? I think they'll be able to score at some points. They got some really good wide receivers um, who I think are kind of kind of the strength of the offense. And Man Jack is one of the players' names. He's uh, a great man- name. It is a great name. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, he actually transferred from USC. So uh, I, I, he's actually a really good player for them. Um, they got they got two or three other receivers who I think are really really good players. And if you start looking at uh, Donovan Smith, and, and he's no uh, he's no Dylan Gabriel. I'm not saying that he is Dylan Gabriel, but some of the things that Dylan Gabriel was able to do to Texas, he also can he can replicate some of those concepts and some of those strategies because he can move, he can run. They run the quarterback draw with him. Remember, Dylan Gabriel had five quarterback draws he ran for almost 60 yards against Texas. It was a big part of their run game. They didn't want to have a traditional run game because they know they can't run at the strength of Texas defense, which is the interior defensive line. Um, But what they can do is go with non-traditional uh, run game and they w- did that with the jet sweep remember they put Farouk in the backfield as a wildcat uh, quarterback at times but mostly it was Dylan Gabriel scrambles and quarterback design runs mostly the quarterback draw why is the quarterback draw work so well against the Texas defense my man Ian Boyd was breaking this down on our uh, football theory podcast it's a really good uh, point that he made that if you listen to Sark he's been talking about all off season long that the guys the defensive line they get out of their pass rush lanes they have a tendency to get so so uh, preoccupied with getting to the quarterback and they abandon their pass rush lanes at times, which means then they abandon their responsibility within the defense. And the best way to uh, expose them doing this is to essentially let them come up field, give them red meat and let them go after the quarterback. They'll abandon their rush lanes. And that's when you allow your blockers to get in place. And then you can weaponize the quarterback draw. So the quarterback draw is essentially letting Texas, uh, letting Texas get upfield. Let them you know, like a modern, their vertical of the draw play. It's just, that's what I'm saying. That's the quarterback draw. That's yeah. what that's what they're like doing. A, but a handoff draw, yeah. Because exactly because Texas is so bad in their pass rush lanes, they get upfield, abandon their responsibility, and then you have easy running lanes for the quarterback. And that's why the quarterback draw works better than any of the well, other quarterback design run plays. Other side of that is they abandon it, and then the uh, offensive lineman gets to the second level and block the linebacker. Yes, exactly. That's why Jalen Ford's having a terrible game because he's got linemen in his face, and your D line they're already out of position because of the quarterback draw. And don't. Forget tempo, 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 tempo. They'll use a ton of it because it works so well for Oklahoma. So you're gonna see, honestly, they're they're not gonna execute as well as Oklahoma, but you're gonna see all the same problems presented to you in an Oklahoma game. And and if you if you solve them during the bye week, then this this U of H game will be a breeze and they'll blow them out. If they did not solve those problems that they were presented in that Oklahoma game with E. This game could get real interesting. Yeah, the Longhorns ran into this Donovan Smith guy last year on Lubbock. And yep. we remember how that went, all the fourth mm-hmm. down conversions. And he's a big quarterback, and you got to get him down. All right, good stuff right there behind the Burn Orange Court. And some piece of breaking news on the way to the timeout. Uh-oh. Major story out of college football. Pete Thamel just reported one minute ago that Georgia All-American tight end Brock Bowers had tightrope surgery on his injured ankle. <gasps> 
He's expected to miss four to six weeks. Ooh, that's the end of the season. He's over. That's done. Four to six weeks. Unless they make the college, unless they make the championship game, maybe he'll come back. But I guarantee his, I'm gonna say handlers, his advisors are saying he's their best player, Ron. Without a doubt. But I guarantee his advisor saying, bro, you're also going to be a first-round pick. You'll be the first tight end taken. You need to shut it down. Well, and here's the problem. (laughs) Obviously, that's a terrible piece of news for one of the best players in college football. But um, they played one ranked team so far on a pretty easy schedule. They play four ranked teams in their next five – three ranked teams in their next four games. They have a bye week this week. Then they play Florida, not ranked, but that's the rivalry game, the cocktail party. Then they play Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. In consecutive weeks. Yeah, you said their offense actually right now is pretty good. Nationally, it's rated fifth nationally. Uh, yeah, but in, now in without college. your best player, I guess, yeah. what's that? What's happens to that offense? We saw what losing JT Sanders does to a Texas offense. We come back. It will be what's popping, including Ty's Sex Panther pick of the night, who we picking in these baseball games and the NFL game, Cowboys Chargers, coming back. What's poppin'? Brand new with just hot. Pick of the day is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks when you use promo code HORN. What's poppin'? Final segment of the fabulous fifth quarter in our five hour extravaganza today. But by what a Monday it is. Normally it's kind of the. Calm it down Monday? No, not today. You got two big baseball games. Not today. ALCS and the NLCS. And then, uh, then you got uh, Cowboys tonight. Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh, Before yeah. we get Ty's Sex Panther pick of the night, can I play this for you? Give it to me. Turns out a composer has written a song, an ode to Dak Prescott. Uh, let's give it. A, let's give it a listen. It's nine p.m. on a Sunday. Regular crowd shuffles in. There's a cowboy fan sitting next to me. And he's crying because they didn't win. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna he like said, it. son, can you play this documentary? Because I kind of forgot how it goes. But I'm sad and I'm sick because Dak threw another pick. In the end zone against the Cardinals. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> it goes on. Who is who, who is the uh, singer of this song? <laughs> uh, this is. A I like Jimmy trying to carry the note and everything too. Good for them. He's trying. I know the he's dad. an Eagles fan. Eagles hat. I would have okay. to tell you. Okay, the dad jokes have just been in. They've been it's, fast it's, and it's furious over. lately. Remember the cologne, the dad cologne one? Yeah. They got the dad cologne. The nights you don't want to score. <laughs> Or what about what the guy? Oh, the text? texter said the, the for the nights when what you just want you, you want them to take it to the house. Yeah, you want somebody else. You want somebody else to take her home. That was it. Take her to the house. <laughs> take her to the house. No, it's can good. Dak get his uh, comeuppance wow. tonight? Can he? he needs can it. he? Can he quiet the crowd? Wow! Against the the, the, the worst pass defense in the league. It's Remember terrible, that? man. It's really bad. They're off a of bye week though, so we'll see if they've made any improvements and. Right before the bye, they beat the Raiders and had five, you know, Khalil Mack had five sacks of that game. That's fantastic. What's popping tonight, Ty? What's your pick of the night? You went uh, two and three in your five picks last week, and I went uh, two, two, and one. So I guess I won, but we both lost. Nobody made any money. That's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys minus one and a half. Cowboys minus one and a half against the worst pass defense. You got the Rangers today? I'm going Astros. Yes, Rangers. Ty, you want to, Rod, you want Astros today with Well, I got to go Astros, man. I'm going to take the D backs, too. 
Ooh, Zach Gallon. Philadelphia. Zach Gallon is their best pitcher, and he's a really. He's, remember, he started the All Star game against. It was against uh, Nathan Evaldi, right? Yep. Nathan Evaldi started. No, he did not. Garrett Cole started for the American League in the in the All Star game. Well, Evaldi's going to shove today. Eight to one Rangers. Shove. <laughs> well, he's. Uh, he, if he does anything like Jordan Montgomery, who shoved last night, he was awesome against the Astros and struck Jordan out three times, really handled the big bats of the Astros. Avaldi, uh, who the Astros know very well, all the way back to the when mm-hmm. Astros faced him in Boston when he was pitching for the Red Sox in big playoff series. So a lot of familiarity there. All right, Rod, uh, enjoy all the baseball today, my friend. It's going to be and uh, the great. football And the football. Come on, Cowboys. Safe to say 6 a.m. tomorrow morning will be lively, regardless of what happens. Jerry Jones might be crying tonight. Who knows? Are you, we'll see. Are, you, are you picking the Cowboys? Or nah, the Chargers? I'm picking the Cowboys. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll go Chargers. Yeah. I'll have fun with that. Do that. I think the Char- I think it's. I think Vegas is right on. It's a point, point and a half kind of game. And then Brandon, who, who's going to mismanage it at the end? McCarthy or Brandon Staley? Oh, this is a battle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying McCarthy probably has a bigger chance to mis- mishandle it because you got Kelly Moore handling the offense on the other side. Against Dan Quinn. They know mm-hmm. each other very well. There you go. Hey, y'all enjoy it all. There's a lot of good uh, storylines tonight. We'll yes, be sir. talking about it at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, getting ready for Texas and Houston as well. Jim Rome coming next. No sports complex today because we got Ranger baseball coming your way at 3 o'clock this afternoon.